0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another podcast at Trekno Babble. This is
1: Matthew. And this is Kevin.
0: And we're going to do Deep Space Nine Season 6 Statistical Probabilities. Uh, I kind of view this, you know, as we've been watching, as sort of the resumption of the Dominion storyline. That, that seems fair to say. Yeah. Uh, we've had a, a little bit of an interlude couple episodes um i also kind of view it as a change of direction a little bit it's like we're sort of moving into the the end game portion of the story um there's a there's there's a lot of interesting stuff in so far as the dominion storyline goes uh but what always stuck out about this episode for me uh and it's been a while since i've watched it so i'm very curious to see if it sort of actually is as good as i think it is <laughs> as my memory tells me it is uh it's you know the asimov connection um you know if, if you haven't read the foundation series by isaac asimov uh, this episode cribs liberally from it uh, the idea of psychohistory. i know i
1: wanted them i remember watching this as a kid and just they like, say it Say it. Say the word <laughs> psychohistory. Say yeah. it. And they didn't. They never said it. <laughs>
0: uh, they didn't say it. And I, I can understand why. You know, they don't want to ally themselves too closely. We'll get to it when Bashir describes very obliquely the method uh by which they make their predictions. Um but it, you know as you've averred many times, Kevin, you know, I'm someone who is susceptible to the big sci-fi idea. And hey, wherever you get it from, if you put a big sci-fi idea in your story, uh, your Star Trek episode, uh, I'm going to respond positively. Uh, the question is, you know, how well is it done, I guess? Um, anyway, I, I like this sort of shifting of gears. Uh, you know, I, I like the idea of moving from, in some ways... I feel like the Dominion threat has been kind of not very tangible. Um, you know, th- they've been mentioned a lot, but we haven't really seen them do lots of bad things. Um, and granted, this is still a, a talky episode, but I at least feel like the predictions give us you know a, a more sort of dire view of the Dominion. Uh, uh, we'll talk about it as it goes. But. Do you have any prefatory um, thoughts?
1: Yeah, I did li- I liked that they came back to Bashir's genetically engineered status and and the manner in which they did it. Uh, cuz one of the one of the nagging questions is if all you have to do is, you know, two months in a Federation Hilton um yeah. or two years and you'll create Superman for a child. Well, that's a pretty soft disincentive.
0: And it seems like there it was relatively easy, you know. Little Julian was a little bit slow on the uptake and they just sort of went on a vacation for six months and boom, it it all worked out fine. So why doesn't everybody do this? Um, You know, well, because it's against the law. Well, then why is it against the law? If it's this easy, you know, he seemed perfectly fine. We can discuss whether they really delve into... Uh, those, what I agree, are nagging questions about genetic engineering. So, at least at the outset, before we even start, it's obvious that there are two big ideas going on. So, uh, a fertile field, let's yeah. say. So, why don't we get ready to start?
1: All right. I'm queued up.
0: Yeah, We will all press play simultaneously. In three, two, one, press play always happy when i see a class ship in the background yeah,
1: I, i'm i'm happy when they impl- when they show that they no longer need to wait three days for the fleet to show up
0: okay so
1: I, i'm gonna get my main criticism of this episode out <laughs> right at the top and it's that the characterizations of the genetically engineered read very broadly to me it are,
0: so yeah so they're like kind of tropey
1: well, it's it it's, it's like when TV does anytime a TV show deals with the uh people with people with mental health issues, there tends to be a like there's a st- everyone gets stereotyped. Everyone's not really crazy, they're just quirky. Like you don't get the sense these people I mean except Serena who doesn't talk, um but you don't get the sense these people are really disabled. They're just unpleasant to be around, you know? Yeah. Um, like Jack is just an asshole. Like yeah. He's he's otherwise and functional. He he seems I, to be, I, you know, he can bathe I agree himself with that. and eat. Yeah.
0: So I agree he's very unpleasant. And so my my instinct is to just find him unpleasant and to not enjoy watching him. And then you know I kind of think about it and I think well, you know maybe he would be un- maybe he should be unpleasant. You know he he's been you know, sort of ostracized and and separated from things he wants to do. Uh, My, you know, my worry is that they're sort of caricatures of types of mental illness or something. Right. uh, Michael Keenan, who plays Patrick, uh, you know, it's like this sort of squirrely, uh, fat man Mental, patient, shtick, and it—I broad is a good way to put it. You know, it's it's like not very deep. You know.
1: Well, okay, like like the scene here of him clearly intentionally—and they call it that—he intentionally injured her because he's upset. That's as probably as close as the show that's, gets. That's
0: the stuff I like.
1: Yeah, like that actually feels like oh, he has no conflict resolution skills. Good, that actually is a problem. I mean, and even like Patrick's childness, it it reads as like a precocious toddler, not actual toddler, if you understand the distinction I'm making. Yeah,
0: sure.
1: Like, as the parent of a toddler, like an adult acting like Teddy would be really a problem, not like...
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you know what it is? It's like he has the sweet innocence, but not the tantrums of a toddler or like the no stimulus management skills of a toddler like that they, they managed to like take that out so it just doesn't uh I will say this um I was reading through memory alpha and apparently there's a cut scene of Bashir having a meeting about them and they decided to cut it so they could just show us the people then rather than describe them with words and I will say that was a good call <laughs>
0: yeah so you know um Tim Ransom as Jack I find the tick's irritating you know the, yeah, the I stuttering the, the repetition but again my second impulse after being irritated is to think well you know i've seen and met people in the world with you know those sorts of mannerisms and it's not because they're super geniuses but it's because you know they're they're unbalanced in some way and you know that it's not supposed to be likable so in some ways, I prefer that to, like you say, with with Patrick, uh, you know. It, it's like it's it's not supposed to be cute. <laughs> um, the Serena character, when I say it's tropey, you know, there's definitely this trope of like the silent mousy girl who's actually the most powerful of all, you know. Uh, I believe Firefly had a whopper. Oh um, uh, yes,
1: the the River Tam, River Tam. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that.
0: Um, and this came before that, and so you know, this no, is yeah, that research project. Well, and it's it's also but,
1: that idea that the you know that crazy and genius go hand in hand. The most crazy must therefore be the most genius. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: and that's annoying. Th- those things are sort of simplistic and annoying. So the reason I liked. Uh, jack's sort of violent tendencies the most is because that actually seems like a way of uh, dramatizing in, in a non-cheap way
1: yeah yeah and and i like the i like that he did it and i like that she called him on it explicitly that felt very organic um
0: You know, I guess the conceit here is that the doctor's genetic engineering was done well, and these patients, uh, it was performed poorly on them. Yeah. I do kind of wonder what the hell is going on with Lauren. Like, what did they engineer her for? You know, it's like, what did they try to change that turned her into, you know?
1: Well, because again, the, it's not. It doesn't seem like she's not. Cap- like, she she put on makeup today, and I mean. People with real mental health issues have trouble, you know, doing the basics. And it just seems like, well, you made her really horny. I mean, unless, like, and and they're not going to do it on this show because the show does not have that relationship with sex. Like, unless they're suggesting the, like, parts of her brain that, like, meter consequences and desire aren't functioning properly so that, you know, she's... Um, sexually precocious, but not capable of giving consent, but they never really dig into that. She's just in a. She's, she's Laksana Troy, basically.
0: Yeah. Well, she's actually almost dressed like her, too. <laughs> what I would want to see with her character is that it's not like they genetically engineered her hormones to be like just outrageous. It's that she's using her sexuality to manipulate people, you know, and she's an expert manipulator. And she okay. doesn't have
1: the, like, internal, like, moral structure or, beca- yeah. like, lacks the empathy to realize why that's bad.
0: Yeah, or something like that. Well, I, that I guess would we would have been
1: sitting me. here complaining if we just got four variations on Khan, you know? Like, the superior ability breeding, superior um, ambition thing. Um... Yeah, I'm not quite sure what the fix here is. I think maybe just a more nuanced um, approach to what mental illness is generally. And I, I think Patrick's the best example, like we've talked about, that like he's like a cute, happy toddler that it, it's, it'd be like a dog who stays a puppy forever, not a, you know, 200-pound man with the impulses of a toddler who's just going to, you know, slap you in the face because they don't know better yet, but could actually really hurt you when you do it like that. I, I just, I just want to point
0: out yeah. that very briefly on the right side of the frame, Patrick was wearing eyeglasses. <laughs> as they, they panned over a little too far. <laughs> uh, and now he's not wearing them again.
1: Well, I'll say this, the actors all committed. I, I don't have a problem with the performances per se. I don't think they took something different and made it this. I think they are performing with dedication, the roles they were handed
0: yeah yeah and so at the end of the day you know whatever sort of tropes or or irritations there are they're not major uh because i agree with you the actors commit and the story you know it is reasonably committed to yeah. them as people this room is strange don't you
1: think i think it's, it's a like cargo bay this... i think it's explicitly stated at some point it's a cargo bay because okay. uh They needed a room big enough for all of the uh, camera shots they wanted to do.
0: So here we are. I believe this is supposed to be Cisco's quarters. And we're getting sort of the expository dialogue here with all the main cast, I guess. And I like this idea. You know, the parents came forward so they could get treatment for their children. Um... I just, I don't know if I would want them to go into more detail. It's like, if Bashir's parents went to the good doctors, why did these other parents go to the bad doctors? Was well, I, I guess
1: of, uh, if it's a question of resources, though that's hard to believe in the Federation.
0: And that's exactly my, my, my follow-on question, which is what differentiated their, their abilities versus... Dr. Bashir's parents' abilities, especially given our, the portrayal we've gotten of his father as sort of a feckless, you know, unsuccessful right. It's not like they were
1: landed aristocracy. Um, I also figure. I, I think they might have been better served had they just made it as the genetic resequencing, even in expert hands, is a dice roll.
0: Yeah. We don't understand everything about that stuff, just like. Dr. Soon didn't right. understand what he would do when he, you know, messed with the augments or whatever, right? It's, it's, it's a complicated tapestry, and if you start altering yeah. things, they start expressing themselves in weird ways, and the doctor turned out to be a lucky happenstance.
1: Well, I also like um, the conversation here. This is a very next-gen conversation. You can picture Picard in his quarters having this conversation and they're having an ethical debate where both sides at least have merit. Yeah. And I, I think that th- that's a very Star Trek thing to do. And it does warm the cockles of my heart. Uh, before we started the podcast, Matt and I had a long conversation about the state of American politics. So, it, you know, this is a nice change of pace to see people with good faith points on both sides hashing it out, even if they don't come to a resolution, because, you know, maybe there isn't one.
0: So I guess they're going to have a speech viewing party. They're going to watch Goldemar's speech.
1: I got to say that was, I remember thinking at the time that that was really good exposition work. It wasn't like Captain's log. Guess who's the new head of the Cardassian government? Just like they know he's Goldemar. that they, yeah. cause they already know who he is. Like that was, I like being trusted to, to pick up the thread of the story.
0: <laughs> I believe they're supposed to be drinking Kinar here. Cause when, uh, Bashir poured it into his cup. It was this sort of brown, goopy liquid. So they all, like, do they all have genetically engineered hearing? Like what, what's how, the deal with I this? Know, how does
1: that even work? I mean, it's not like, I, I, I mean, I don't understand like all these the are mechanics of hearing
0: different outcomes. And yet they can all hear this thing that normal people can't hear. Well,
1: Also, how do they hear better? like it did like does does like a more like i don't know sensitive eardrum detect vibration i mean i just i'm just not sure what the mechanics of superior hearing are
0: yeah so i i like that he threatens her life you know and not because i want them all to be like Khan. i just if you're going to express like they were genetically engineered to be different mentally you know and doing that could seriously mess up someone's limbic system, right? Uh, you know, maybe his amygdala is going crazy. He, he sees threat responses where the, there aren't real stimuli, you know? Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. So, and th- they don't get into any of this stuff, but I just... I like him not being just annoying, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. No, I agree. If he were just annoying... That would simply be annoying. Yeah. You know?
1: And it's really uh, funny watching Faith Saley, uh, the actress who plays Serena, because she's a frequent panelist on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, one of the NPR shows I regularly listen to. So it's just mm. kind of weird to be like, all I do is listen to her talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I hadn't thought of that. I, I guess I do have uh, her name in front of me. So is he like an engineering genius? Uh, I don't know. The actor, playing Patrick Michael Keenan, also played um, the governor of the Scottish planet on Sub Rosa.
1: Oh yeah!
0: And he played Hrothgar from Voyager's Heroes and Dinos. You know, you know,
1: I can see it. I can see Hrothgar. <laughs> um, the
0: king, king of the, well, whatever they were called,
1: Danes were they Danes?
0: so i I like this scene, you know,
1: I like it up to a point
0: well it's it's again, what is the the engineering done? It's made them like more receptive to emotion or something anyway, I like that they they can be smart at things instead of just annoying at things uh and I like the Demar scene,
1: oh yeah, yeah um there's it's about to happen, the line that just kind of annoys me. Is it ha- have they said it yet? Uh, it's it's um, I think it's Patrick who tags DeMar as having killed a princess or something like intuiting. Oh yeah, that's coming out. Like that, that, that's just like one like okay. I understand that there is an alleged science that uh, can determine that can d- derive a great deal of information from small facial ticks etc. But I refuse to believe it's that good. Like unless they're like somehow subspace telepaths there's just that's like a little too much data that they've derived from his um facial facial expressions
0: yeah so here's where it's coming up and I agree they they go like one surmise right.
1: the far. king is still alive how do they know that how do they know <laughs> Dakot's still alive like or inferred that that's what's upsetting Damar or it's just it's it's a cute idea it's just like one step too many like intuiting someone is forcing him to give the speech he doesn't want to give that's an entirely reasonable analysis of body language anything beyond that is just too much I agree with that so I think they could
0: have uh, made the observations just as prescient but more general yeah but as far as advancing the plot yeah no yeah I, I like that it's showing them being good at things you know, because, you know, to this point, they've all just kind of been annoying. Yeah, you know, they've said that they're smart and they've said that they're genetically engineered, but all we've seen is just annoying ticks and you know, simpering behavior. We're always happy when Wayoon comes back. Yeah. So.
1: And it's, I gotta say, I like the they've taken a very long road with the war story. And I like it. I like that after a, uh, successful, a, uh, the, the events of, uh, sacrifice of angels, the dominion would at least put out feelers, even if it's an insincere, insincere attempt just to get time, which they've discussed the possibility of like, that's all very realistic. It's uh, a,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of nice dialogue. I agree with you. Uh, you know, with both sides acting rationally. (laughs) Does she just lay on a chaise lounge all day? I just, it's weird. Now, do you miss having Mark Limo?
1: Well, we won't for long. I think Waltz is uh, sure. swiftly approaching. Um, but I kind of wish that they were just always together.
0: Yeah. You know, Jeffrey Combs, Mark Alimo. Well, it's
1: not that... Uh, I'll say Casey Biggs and Jeffrey Combs mine their relationship beautifully as well. So I'm not... It's not like yeah. we were left with uh, with nothing.
0: I like the way this scene... Uh, you know patrick just sort of gets in his face it it makes you wonder initially and then you're like oh yeah this is star trek this must be a holodeck simulation
1: yes yeah. and um uh demar and wayun did a good job of uh not reacting and the, the standing mm-hmm. there still
0: yeah very good some ni- nice nice fast forward effects and now this is like a universal translator thing which, of course, raises the question of how did their lips sync up with the English, but whatever. Dominionese? Is that a
1: language? You'd figure to prevent exactly this kind of analysis, Wayun would just have learned English. Yeah. Okay, this bit here, Patrick's doing, I actually am fine with. Yeah, like, th- this I, I like, this feels organic and useful. I like and that useful.
0: he's keying in on what they're looking at you know could could non-genetically engineered people have done this uh yeah like why wouldn't there be a federation linguistic expert who would you know listen to the transcript in the original yeah and so you know are they doing anything that we would not believe a regular person could do no yeah they're doing but they're a little, doing things that are interesting and so they're whatever. doing
1: it a little faster, but that's credible.
0: Either way, the observations are interesting and so It's like unless they're gonna make her actually have sex with someone, I don't you know it's like why even go there? You know, now that he's holding a pad. The thing that annoyed me about that pad scene was the idea that you could break a pad and that it would have shards of glass that would cut somebody. Like I feel like they would have some kind of, sort of future plastic
1: that Right, it would just be just be like a like a nanofiber, like a, a nanometer thick piece of carbon or something.
0: You know, and so this line of reasoning has led them to what anybody who's been watching the storyline would see to be a very interesting conclusion that, you know, this planet could make the white. You've mentioned this a couple times, this idea that you have to give someone like six pads.
1: Uh, I know it's, it's a very start. It, I, we, it's like, um, in the original series when they go to memory alpha the library planet because you would need a planet um it's just it's it's a very star trek thing of like understanding getting it almost right right it's like no it didn't occur to them that transmitting the data would ever be like think about it when this show was made what were we still on like 18.8 modems or whatever that like you know 50, 56k modems were the big deal so the yeah. idea of transmitting even massive amounts of text would not have occurred to people to do remotely and in real time so of course you would need a pad per
0: Well, book. maybe they're like assuming it's like a 1.4 megabyte floppy disk per pad or something can you imagine 1.4 megabytes of anything at this point nope do we even have files that are less than one point four megabytes? I mean, I'm being facetious. There, there are word documents that are less than that, but uh, most JPEGs would nearly fill up a one point four inch floppy. Yeah. Or a one point four megabyte floppy.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, just uh, if they ever if they ever reboot the show, I shouldn't say that out loud. Just give everyone one pad.
0: So here's our little discussion of psychohistory it gets more accurate the further out you project which initially sounds just ridiculous like magic um and they only it's only like half a sentence you know the idea that it evens out fluctuations over time or something um Like, I have a kind of a hard time believing that these four people like each other enough
1: God yeah to, can you like, imagine tolerate? only hanging out like like what this is this is Sartre isn't it I mean
0: <laughs> yeah like I feel like Jack would have killed somebody already <laughs> um, anyhow so for those of you who aren't in the know uh, Isaac Asimov wrote a book. Uh, well, it was really sort of a, a series of short stories that were uh, put together into three books initially, uh, the Foundation Trilogy. Uh, the idea, there's this galactic empire uh, based on this central planet, which is one large city called Trantor. Um, and Harry Selden is a mathematician who comes up with uh, sort of a, a way to predict the course of human events. He calls it psychohistory, and it's you know some amalgam of probability and psychology and all these sorts of things. And the idea is that you can chart out the course of civilizations, um, you know, by using this formula. And we don't have to get further into it than that. Uh, if you're interested, you should read it. I think it's worth reading.
1: Oh yeah, I've I'll say this for Asimov's prose style. It is Unvarnished, um, no. Well, in a,
0: in a good way, I think.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy it, but he he tags flashbacks with the word "memory" in all caps and an exclamation point. You can <laughs> trust me to infer from context that we have gone backward in time. It's okay. It's okay, Isaac. It's gonna be okay.
0: Uh, I, I like that it's.
1: Oh no, it's unadorned. <laughs> um... Especially like, if you read any of his robot stuff, like Susan Calvin, I'm like, oh you. <laughs> Of course, like, it all makes sense. Like, just this, it is very stripped-down narrative. And I'll say, I I got into this conversation with a friend about the original series today, and the same thing, it's like, it's very much of its time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's of its time, but I would say that uh, it's it's a big idea story. Certainly, certainly. It's not as much a character story. And so... You're going to have to be jazzed by big ideas to really find it uh, wonderful. And, you know, it switches viewpoints and characters several times throughout the story. Uh, And so you, you can never really get too attached to a particular character.
1: I don't know what how I feel about this scene. Is it is it filler? Is it actual character development?
0: I mean, I guess Julian's just giving him shit. You know, you're you're uncomplicated. That's why they like you, which by extension is why I like you. Yeah. How did they determine that that was the distance like, that... Yeah, like that extra foot would
1: really make a huge difference. Well, it's
0: kind of like handicapping a, a bowling match or something. And, you know, I've bowled a lot and I understand the theory behind a handicap, but it's it's like... Aren't, aren't both of their skill levels going to improve? And if they do improve, do they improve at the same rate? Uh, and so does the this different line fluctuate over time, like a bowling handicap would. I, did did they move him just far enough so that he would be right at O'Brien's skill level? What if he's just a better dart
1: thrower? Yeah. You know. Well, that that's something else that the genetic engineering argument in this episode certainly engages in in places. That expertise, like genius is a substitute for expertise and experience that you are just the state of being a genius. And it means you're good at everything, naturally yeah. good at everything across fields. And that it's not a function of how many times you've done it. it it's just, it, it's like house MD. He's cause he's so, such a, no, no, no it, it's just that definition of genius annoys me because it's just inaccurate in terms of how it, how skills actually develop.
0: Okay, so we're at uh, minute 27 or so here, and this is where, to this point, you know, the episode is decent, but I I think this is where it starts to get really fun for me, you know. And I assume for, for any Star Trek fan, you know, you've always mentioned how you really loved the scene in Yesterday's Enterprise when Picard says the war is going very badly. Uh, And that's, it's not as dramatic here, you know, it's not, it's not a breathy whisper, but uh, the thought that the Federation could be defeated, it's fun to ponder. Well,
1: and in this, in its place in the season, it doesn't feel off the wall, because, but for the Prophet's intervention, an event that should not be relied on, um, they would have lost the war already. Like, they did not get there in time to take down the minefield. They were having the snot kicked out of them on most of the fronts of the war leading up to that point. The uh, the battle to retake Deep Space Nine was Cisco's Hail Mary pass to prevent losing the war. And, but for a plot device neither of us really liked, it failed. So at this point to be like, nope, we run all the numbers again and again and again and again and again and again and, again, and the Federation's going to lose doesn't feel that far off. It actually has a sense of, ugh, and, and then it raises the interesting question of even if you knew surrender well, defeat was a foregone conclusion, what are the ethics of fighting versus surrendering?
0: Yeah, I mean I, I love this conversation you know the doctor says there will be 900 billion casualties, which that's a lot. Uh, he says that there will be a Dominion occupation for five generations and then you know a, a successful resurgence insurgents which will lead to a new federation and so there's the utilitarian question you know it's like would it be better to live under a domineering centrally planned bureaucracy you know for 900 billion people uh or is freedom more important than that you know it it's uh and of course cisco here is giving the kind of uh response that a picard might uh in some of the time travel episodes right it's like you're asking me to make a recommendation based on something very abstract but there are people here now who don't want to do things like that i think this scene is what what really makes the episode for me
1: i think bashir is a little too unemotional about this it's almost like like he should have he has a horse in this race you know it's he shouldn't be so resigned so quickly maybe it's like a it's a shading thing for me but i agree
0: maybe there could have been a scene of him discussing it with
1: and and he's a doctor there's plenty of times when mccoy argued for a wildly impractical option because it was in his view the moral like mccoy saves edith keeler's life no question because that's who he is. Even knowing the consequences, I think. McCoy would not let Edith Keeler die in City on the Edge of Forever, you know? So maybe there's a sense of... like, There's a, there's a way to make that shading a little more credible. I, okay, I'll say this. I, I wasn't a big fan of the dart scene earlier. At least it didn't do it for me. But here I'm seeing a little payoff because they've wor- They've spent a lot of time on Bashir and O'Brien's friendship. And sometimes friends say something casually that's hurtful without realizing it. And it kind of festers. The, the payoff of that was like two scenes later. But th- whatever my other issues with the, this bit of the episode were, it, it minds their relationship well because even before revealing that Bashir was genetically engineered I think there was a sense of Bashir smug superiority being a problem in their relationship you know before and after they became friends
0: yeah I agree with that I don't love this scene
1: oh d- d- drunken Bashir wildly playing it's, plain- it's-
0: Dangerously close to Pirate Bashir. Uh, You know, whatever he's done in Game of Thrones since. uh, (laughs) He is good in Game of Thrones. He does quiet much better. Alexander Siddig isn't there yet. I I, I should say this. This is better than almost all the work he's done to this point on this show. But it's not there yet. yeah I kind of wonder why Quirk would let him play at all because he certainly knows that Bashir is genetically
1: engineered oh yeah, you figure w- he whatever the equivalent of counting cards is yeah
0: exactly. why would you put your chanteuse in those leggings then?
1: That- Well, that was a very 90s thing. Dress with matching leggings. I guess. I mean, at least they didn't give her the Rachel.
0: So this is a really interesting uh, wrinkle. You know. If the Federation isn't going to surrender, then we should give them information so that they can win faster. And actually, that has some parallels with the Foundation story. You know, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there was talk of accelerating the fall of the Galactic Empire in order to make it less... Create, Less of a dark age. My question here is why Jack cares about billions of lives.
1: Well, I was just about to say, I think there's shadings in the performance that it's not um, that Jack cares. It's it's that he wants to be right. Right. I can see that.
0: I'm kinda I'm over the nail biting. You know. I feel like they could do it about one tenth as much and still have it be effective.
1: They're both very good actors i, I... <laughs> well, and it's nice that
0: Casey Biggs is doing something totally different than Marco Lima.
1: yeah, but yeah,
0: he's not preening at all, he's irritated, yeah. I like that Yun is sort of willing to engage in wild goose chases. It's similar to the episode in the cards. You know. Yeah. It's like conspiracy theories kind of entertain him or yeah, something. Yeah, he's
1: he's he's amused by everything. It's a n it's a it's a really nice note in his character.
0: I wonder if she got paid less. <laughs>
1: Well, she'll make up for it. In a deeply annoying sequel to this episode, now that I think about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, We'll see. I I think I kind of have good feelings about that one, too.
1: I just get tired of doctors sleeping with their patients. It's wrong for a reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's future doctors, Kevin. Come on. The makeup job is a little much on Serena. It's like, are they going for corpse? Well, it's
1: like, none of them get outside much. They should all be pale, I mean. (laughs) Well,
0: my assumption is that future lighting, you know, can take care of that.
1: Yeah. And it's a fishtail hem, I just realized. Like, the hem of her dress is not even when she stands. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is that that is a 90s dress. I don't even think they made that. I think they might have just gotten it from a Claire's or a Hot Topic.
0: It's a really obvious matte painting on the yeah. hallway. It's like suddenly everything just sort of angles down 30 degrees.
1: <laughs> look on myoon's face is great
0: he and thinks it's ridiculous
1: <laughs> uh, besides I think it's I just it's such great line reading <laughs> <laughs>
0: I honor you with my presence.
1: <laughs> I can't believe they didn't have a security escort on them at all times, so like they wouldn't stay on their Dominion ship. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's like it, it's a security gap just to make the joke work.
0: I guess Turnabout's fair play. <coughs> Seeing as how they let Kira That's and everybody true. else That's true. run around the station without any escort. They've never made a good holster for weapons.
1: Yeah, Starfleet. well, uh, uh, Starfleet jumpsuits are supposed to be slim and fit and futuristic, and you just pockets don't don't work.
0: Well, and they showed Damar, and he has a sidearm, and it was in one of those like picnic basket side pouches.
1: <laughs> okay, so here's my qu- okay. So his counter argument is that. Our prediction is not reliable because you couldn't predict what would happen in this room. But earlier in the episode, the whole point was it was more. Pre- it balances it, out over time. Yeah. Right, like it, if you re ran this event a hundred more times, Serena only lets Bashir out thirty six of them, and you, you know, like stuff like that. So it seems to be still a fairly weak argument.
0: Yeah, it, they're basically undermining the idea that historical forces societal forces can be predicted, and Bashir is making the, essentially, the great man argument. You know, that history can turn on the actions of individuals. Um, But if you had a good psycho-historical equation, it would factor in the potential for individuals, you know, doing great things, and average those out over time. And so at the end of the day, not a whole lot happens in this episode, and yet I was entertained.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, there are some very big ideas um, and some good character work. I mean, uh, I feel like this is the backstory to Bashir's genetic engineering we didn't get in um, the episode where it was retconned into existence. Like, we got the backstory of why he became genetically engineered, but I think... This fills in, at least for me, a little sense of
0: what it means for him,
1: right? How he views himself in the world. Um, And even this is good. It's good political dialogue. Like, you know, Cisco even tags it at the start of the wedding episode that the war seems very far away. There's a sense that because they retook the station, there is momentum To conclude the war satisfactorily quickly and the data they ran says the opposite is true so that's
0: like I think what this is missing is maybe a scene of Bashir advocating for them you know we just got him talking about how he was bent on showing they could contribute but maybe if we had I mean far be it for me to advocate for like a haughty admiral or something but uh, just somebody that he could have old advocated. reliable
1: admiral asshole yeah, yeah. he's made he's so, made several know, appearances high at, yeah, or various different guises um, yeah I get that because the,
0: the character story for Bashir is like he's coming to terms with his status as outsider by trying to help other outsiders you know again why is Quark letting him play
1: Uh, when Star Trek tries to go overly sexy, maybe it's because they always do it with women, and it's just, you know, it's not the bait you put on the hook for me, but it just never it, it just never comes off for me. It's so 12-year-old boy about it that it well, just... Those, let's,
0: let's be fair. In Justice, there were very sexy men. Uh, yeah. so,
1: uh, you know, those Millions. outfits were not sexy, and they were all very <laughs> bleached blonde. Like, they raided a tanning salon. It was very upsetting, actually. Well, and what I about
0: think. Angel One?
1: Oh, what was his name? Brett, Brent, something. Yeah. Brent. But uh, yeah, just the, the their approach to overt sexuality has never really landed for me in almost any regard, except maybe Kamala. Like I got to give fomka Jansen that she was she was pretty hot. Yeah. Um
0: How how are they beaming her in that supine position? Like, <laughs> where is she gonna end up? Do they uh, have a chaise lounge? Yeah. They, <laughs>
1: At their destination? It's in the guardianship papers that the probate court and the Federation signed. Ward must always have Devon, you know.
0: <laughs> <sighs> okay, so big ideas. Plenty of them. Um, a better look at genetic engineering. Maybe not probing all the depths of the questions. I mean, what I would want to see. Bashir have to do is to wonder how much of his personality is him how much is not him how much of his motivations and actions you know are natural or unnatural and maybe come to the conclusion that it doesn't matter because he has no frame of reference uh, but you know so it doesn't go as deeply into Bashir's characters yeah. as, as I would want but at least it gives us more
1: yeah, I I wouldn't have minded another group conversation at the other at the back end of the episode, because on the one hand, sure, the genetically engineered super people basically all turned into Machiavellian demons apparently, but like, I, I really wanted I think I would have been happier if Bashir had dug in. You said there where he could have really advocated for them because yeah, it, it was so f-
0: it could have just been a scene with him and Cisco or yeah, him and the rest like, of the crew. Yeah, like because
1: that that dinner scene at the at the top of the episode was was fairly reserved. Like, on some level, for all the hand-wringing, like, do you think any of Bashir's patients care that he was genetically engineered? I'm sure they're thrilled. Mm. Like, I want a genetically engineered doctor. I want the, like, I, I think there's at least an um, or, or or even to, like, challenge the underlying assumption of the policy. Like, despite, it, it wasn't just Bashir's risk of exposure, like, he hid the fact he was genetically engineered to not lose his career as a starfleet doctor he it wasn't like he was secretly plotting to take over the world Uh, maybe that could have been some fun like really like the the underlying assumption is that people who are naturally an order of magnitude more skilled on every vector than the average human would naturally flow into positions of power authority and skill and maybe bashir could challenge that assumption or is that a bad thing or is that a bad thing like yeah like there's yeah, like I I think they could have had more fun with that conversation. Um I I'll say the, the episode doesn't have a ton of wasted space, the, you know, there there were a few iterations of their craziness or what have you that maybe could have been trimmed. It wasn't like there was a whole scene where I'm like, well, we could have just skipped right past it. So you may- know, maybe
0: to to ratchet up the drama a little bit, there could have been some decision that had to be made between about them. Cisco yeah. and Wayun? Yeah. That hinged upon whether he would, you know, listen to this advice or not. And, you know, there could have been a chase. Who knows what? But you know, it's, it's like if we, the viewer, knew what the right decision was, and Cisco did not know what the right decision yeah. was, and whether he got the information was based on whether or not these people could be respected,
1: or like maybe they've sussed out something and they won't reveal it without getting something back. Yeah. Like, yeah. like
0: that would be good too. I agree. Um, so there are ways that it could have been more dramatic. So, in some ways, it's a little bit inert. Uh, it's got big ideas that don't really go anywhere. Yeah. Um. Hmm.
1: It's still fun. It's it's one of the most you know, like purely science fiction heavy episodes the show's done in some time.
0: Yeah, quite a while.
1: <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, th- I, I love think the-
0: it just struck me as a breath of fresh air. And look, I'm a I'm a huge Asimov fan. I've got. You know, most of his books on my shelf in the other room, including all the Foundation books, uh, even the non-trilogy ones, which aren't bad. Um,
1: When they when they try to tie together to the Robot series, I was just kind of like,
0: I didn't mind that. (laughs) I like I like a little world building. Um, I appreciate the impulse. So, you know, maybe the writing is average. Um, you know, big ambitions that don't go a lot of places. Pretty good character work. Uh, gives us the chance to see Wei Yun and Damar, so happy about that. But, you know, like they could... We could have had more. We could have had more of them with Cisco. you know, yeah. maneuvering. Yeah. Uh, maybe they could have looked at a few more scenes in the, in their sort of hollow recreation, right? Maybe in kind of the way that, uh, what's it called? The Rashomon episode, uh, a matter of perspective did.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, In terms of acting, I think everyone did at least a good job. Um, Like our issues with the four of them were, the writing not the acting they they committed um no two ways about it um i think alexander Sadig did a good job this episode the dabo scene was a bit much but again i'm willing to blame the writing for that like there's how do you do drunken gambling jackass trying to make a point that's that's not an easy thing to act <laughs> i think
0: yeah the, the scenes in which characters were annoying it made sense that they were annoying so you know there was that um I mean, the standouts, as per usual, are are guest stars. uh, Or recurring guest stars, I guess. Uh, Jeffrey Combs, Casey Biggs, uh, both quite good. Um, Yeah, I agree that Siddig wasn't all that bad. He was quite good in spots. Um, And there was none of the sort of I never, hate, I never hated the fact that it was a Bashir episode.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, we can say that.
0: <laughs> which I have many times before. I was like, oh God, why is this a Bashir episode? Stop giving us Bashir stuff, right? Uh, if you're listening, Alexander Siddig, you're getting better, and we know that you're going to get very good at some point between this episode and today. You know, it's... It's not all bad. Uh, you know, I, I liked uh, a lot of the Cole Meany stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. As is his want, he's the perfect, you know, sort of every, every man, man yeah. which is the ultimate foil for the genetically engineered. There just should have been a scene where someone makes the argument for regular people doing regular things, you know, and that might be unpredictable or something. Or, or I don't know. Maybe you can't. Maybe there should just be an argument against psychohistory, you know? Yeah. Like, you just can't do it. It works in a lab, but it doesn't work in the field. Um,
1: uh, production so, Values, so. it was a bottle show, other than... Um, other, I mean, the cargo bay was a redress. It was good. I liked the screen, the tables, chairs. It had that kind of, like, large playroom that had a kind of institutionally feel...
0: Yeah. I'm glad they didn't go uh for like a you know, the thaw. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like that had a yeah. very mental hospital kind of feel. I'm um, um, glad they didn't go there.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean I think it could have been interesting had they done a planet set or something. You know. Like maybe they, they went to a star base to have these negotiations instead of deep space 9. Yeah. And you know, I think this could have been really interesting in a non deep space 9 locale, you know, with a more institutional feel. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I was I was never bored visually by the episode. Yeah. They, they must have done a decent job.
1: You of, know, I'm going to say for for the ambition and the Asimov I think this gets a 4. I think it squeaks in there. Like there's something like really gratifying as a science fiction nerd um when it's like they reached for Asimov and they did so consciously. It's not like they stumbled into it accidentally. Yeah. They they were doing an Asimov riff. And I appreciate that. I'm like that's that that's the literacy and sophistication I expect from my Star Trek. Uh so for the character work and, a solidly entertaining hour. Um, It doesn't reach all its ambitions, but what does Um, I'm comfortable. I mean,
0: I, I agree with you. Um, I agree that it has failings, but it fails because it reaches, you know, Uh, I would rather see an interesting, ambitious failure uh but it it doesn't even fail so much as it it's just so sort of tantalizing and and exciting an idea and and brain tickling that you know it just can't it doesn't put out you know it it doesn't follow through um and i think the acting is solidly average to slightly above average The concept is way above average The production values are Average to slightly above average Um You know, yeah Uh, Extra point for Asimov, I guess (laughs) I agree with you Um I I Don't think it's as good As my recollection of it was But that's not what we're judging here We're judging it based on Uh you know, sort of its place. You know, in some ways, it's not so much what, how the story does things.
1: It's what the story does. Yeah, I, I get that. Especially for something like high concept like this. Well, it, it just, it serves a
0: good role in the overall storytelling enterprise that they're engaged in here. You know, it. It puts things in a different perspective. It makes the Dominion seem more scary. Um, even it's in, it's in a very abstract way. Uh, it it puts numbers on the conflict, which really helps. You know, it talks about. So I mean, like the scenes where things really work are the scene with Bashir and Cisco. And the scenes where they're arguing, you know, about what's better, what's worse, you know, 900 billion dead or, you know, loss of sovereignty. Uh, that's a great question. Yeah. And if it wasn't as fully dramatized as it could be, it was still dramatized. It was still asked, you know. So, yeah, I, it's a squeaker.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it could, yeah. It could go
0: either way. I, yeah. I would never never fault someone for giving this a three. But I, do, I don't think it's a two. Oh, certainly not, it. yeah. Um, I agree with the four. I like this better than almost all of the of the Dominion story so far.
1: I would not go that far. Um, there are the, the, the totality of the intro arc, continues to delight me um if only for like the scene of nog and garrick where nog won't walk in front of garrick just oh ugh. yeah there's yeah. a lot of good stuff yeah. i just feel like it
0: in some ways it's very disjointed you know because it's spread over so many episodes that it, it. uh this to me makes the dominion war interesting um I do think we we're still lacking the sort of case for the dominion you know it's like if they're this successful they must be doing something that forestalls the kind of rebellion that they just talked about in this episode you know um like they must be providing enough of a feeling of political efficacy and enough in the way of services and you know creature comforts and improvements and whatever to at least win the, the de facto support of enough people. And that's something that I feel has you know, been a little bit lacking. We should have had an episode on a Dominion planet in which members of the DS9 crew try to foment a rebellion and people are just like,
1: nah Yeah, that could be fun.
0: Um, you know, and we as a viewer could still think that our guys are right, but we could see that there are people who hold a different view. All right. Well, do you have anything more to say, Kevin?
1: Nope. I think uh, I think we've covered it. That's a uh, eight for statistical probabilities.
0: Yeah, fun episode. Yeah, and uh... I, I never. Never, never. Don't want to watch it. I was like, "Ooh, cool!" The Asimov episode. It's is it yesterday's Enterprise? No. Is it uh, Remember Me? No. But it's good. Yeah. And I think, in looking forward at the the upcoming episodes. I feel like the Dominion War goes into much more interesting territory.
1: Oh, magnificent Ferengi is coming up. And I don't care if you hate the Ferengi and Ferengi comedy episodes. Magnificent Ferengi is a delight.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I mean, there's walls. far beyond the stars. Really interesting. Uh, you know, but in the pale moonlight, I mean, oh, come on.
1: oh God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, I feel like. Yes the the war arc was fine and there were lots of ships and lots of pew 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 and that was cool. Uh you know, they sort of duffed it right at the end. They sort of three putted the whole uh you know, with the with the profits saving everybody. Um but to me season six is about the back half, not the front half. Hmm. Which is saying something because usually the back half of seasons, you know, kind of peter out.
1: All right, well, uh, it's an A for Statistical Probabilities. We'll be back uh, with our next review. I think uh, Magnificent Ferengi is next in the written reviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you for our next podcast.
0: Yep. Have a good future history.
1: Good night. Okay, Um. I will have... I will endeavor to have the written part of this up tomorrow or no, no later than Wednesday evening. Okay. Does it make a difference if I get it up tomorrow or Wednesday or we'll.
0: Mm, no, not really. Okay. Um, I am available for the rest of this week. Uh, you know, we're going on a trip on Saturday, you know, so there'll be a few days where I'm, you know, sort of out of communication and i i'll try to be able to watch and review at least one episode during that week that we're gone
1: okay i would say if you could get um like i'll have like i said i'll have my half of magnificent ferengi up in the next couple of days if you could just start on whatever's after, after that now so then i can do that at my leisure and get that posted while you're gone
0: Oh well, so you're doing statistical probability. Oh,
1: you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I jumped, already jumped past it. So
0: I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll try to get magnificent Ferengi up by the end of the week. Yeah. My part.
1: Okay. Um. All right. I super duper need to go to the bathroom, and then I super duper need to go to bed. So. Um, okay. I will talk to you later. Pleasure as always. All right. Good night. Good night.